Hello everyone, welcome to the International Business Podcast. If you work across time zones, borders and cultures, this is the show for you. I'm Leonardo, founder and host of the show, but let's make it simple and just call me Leo. I'm based in Shanghai and I'm accompanied by two co-hosts, Stefano, based in Paris, and Audrey from San Francisco. Coming up on today's episode. Yeah, I like to think of supply chain management as the mix of uh, science and art that, that emerged to deal with the complexities of the new ways of configuring businesses to compete in international uh, markets uh, over the last 30 or 40 years. Everything changes. The physical configurations change, the technology requirements change, the number of people change, the skills change. So I think the, e the growth of e-commerce in, in distribution is going to be a massive transformation uh, that's happening right now. Patrick is the Managing Director of Alba Consulting since 2005 and works with many of the top Fortune 500 companies in manufacturing, distribution and logistics services in Europe, Asia and the Americas, helping them to achieve dramatic improvements in their supply chain capabilities and performance through supply chain excellence. You can find details about the guest in the show notes, including his podcast interlinks. Now, let's get this started. Hi, Patrick. I'm glad to have you on. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Leo. Delighted to be here. I would like to start with a basic question. Why would you define yourself as an international professional, Patrick? Well, international professional, international person, maybe more to the point. I'm kind of international by vocation from birth in the sense that um, my parents are Irish, but I was born in Aden, in, in Yemen. So it kind of started at the, at the very beginning. And then they, they brought me back here to Dublin where I, I grew up as a, as a child. And after college, then I moved to Asturias, uh, which is in the north of Spain. And I was there for, for 10 years. And I worked there as an engineer in uh, manufacturing in a, a business that exported internationally um, from Spain. And um, with, with that business, when I began to, to work abroad, particularly in the, in, in the Far East, Middle East and in uh, continental uh, Europe. My, my wife is, is Spanish, so I went there when I was uh, 21 and I was there until I was uh, 31. So that, those are the, the years when you, you, know, you tend to um, start relationships and, and so on. So I have a Spanish, Spanish wife and my uh, son, my first son was born, born in Spain and returned to Ireland in 1996. And we have a, a Dublin-born uh, daughter. Yet here in the in the house, it's a Spanish-speaking uh, household. So even though we live in Dublin, inside the four walls of the house, uh, we speak we speak Spanish uh, every day. And my um, my half Irish, half Spanish son now lives in Berlin, and his partner is is German. And my work in in consulting, so I have a supply chain consultancy, and my work has taken me to places over the last number of years, such as China. India, Arab Emirates, Egypt, Malta, Spain, Portugal, Puerto Rico, Uruguay, New York, Wisconsin, California. So I think I'm pretty international. Yes, you are, Patrick. You mentioned supply chain management. For those who do not know exactly what supply chain management is, could you define it in one or two sentences? Yeah, I like to think of supply chain management as the mix of uh, science and art 
that, that emerged to deal with the complexities of the new ways of configuring businesses to compete in international uh, markets uh, over the last 30 or 40 years. By that, I mean things changed at, at that time and changed radically because back in the day, we're talking now 50, 60 years ago, many businesses were vertically integrated. So the business owned everything. Uh, take an extreme example, like the Ford Motor Company. They owned everything from the mines that extracted the minerals to the rubber plantations, all the way down through the factories and the steel mills, forests, uh, the shops on the, on the street, the garages, the repair shops. They owned everything. They were totally um, vertically integrated. But from around the 1970s onwards, companies started to focus on core competences. So they started to spin off and outsource things, but they still needed uh, control uh, and they still needed to be able to compete. So supply chain management is that set of tools, techniques, strategies that enabled business to manage the complexities of this vertical integration uh, where they have to work with lots of external partners as opposed to, to, excuse me, the horizontal integration of, of integrating with many different partners, as opposed to the vertical integration, which was the way things were done uh, in the past. So for me, that's what uh, supply chain management is. Multinational corporations have developed networks of production that stretch across the globe. How to create competitive advantage in a globalized economy? Um, well, there are many, many aspects. Um, to to this uh, and there are many different elements we could we could pick on but one that i would pick on that i think is very very relevant now is the idea of relationships so i spoke in the last question about how supply chain management emerged as a set of um, approaches to be able to manage the complexity of modern um, business, which is configured horizontally uh, among many different partners, working together uh, to bring a, a product or a service to market. And I think a core element of that is one, the different uh, partners, and two, the connections uh, that bind them together. Um, and I think not enough attention has been uh, paid to the quality the nature and the quality of those uh, connections and relationships. So for me, one of the fundamental ways of competing internationally and gaining competitive advantage is to pay attention to those connections, to classify them uh, in different ways, to triage them in terms of how important they are to the business, um, how long they have been in place, how complex they are, how many levels they're operating on, and what the power relationship is in the relationship. And to focus on that and to manage those relationships uh, accordingly in a, in a triaged manner, I think that is crucial to competitive advantage, always was. But I think now, after the experience of COVID and people uh, experience what happens when you don't look after your supply chain relationships through the supply chain crisis that came out of, of out of COVID. More important now than ever to focus on those supply chain relationships. COVID, COVID, COVID. I don't think it is possible not to talk about COVID. So what are the major changes that occurred 
in the international supply chains since the start of the pandemic? COVID has accelerated uh, many trends that we had in business already. And one of those was the regionalization of the supply chains, changing away from uh, intercontinental supply chains to more localized supply chains. So whereas businesses up to a certain point had relied a lot on China, for example, as a source of uh, goods and services. There have been many problems with that during COVID due to uh, lockdowns, due to ports not being open, due to factories not being open. And many um, businesses are now looking at reconfiguring their supply chains into more local uh, regions. So I think in North America, we see countries like um, Mexico uh, benefiting from a kind of a, a repatriation of activity back to North America. And in Europe, we'll see that happening with countries like Morocco and, and Turkey, and maybe even Portugal, Romania, and Bulgaria. So on the one hand, a big change from COVID is a, a move to a more regionalized supply chain as opposed to intercontinental supply chain. And I also think that the adoption of automation and digitalization is going to be uh, strong in the coming years. And part of that is people's uh, realization how dependent and vulnerable they are when they depend on, uh, on human resource. So there's a tendency now to look more to leverage automation and uh, digitalization in the business in the future. In your long career in supply chain and logistics, which are the typical mistakes you saw manufacturers do when stretching their operations overseas? Probably, probably three. Um, one, I think, maybe is a, an, over, an overfocus on labor arbitrage. So this is um, moving production offshore uh, because they are overly focused on the cost of labor being much lower in, um, in Asia, say, for example. So if, say, there's a, a differential in, in labor 10 to 1, it sounds like a no-brainer uh, to put a, a factory for low-value-add manufacturer in a place like, like Vietnam or a place like the Philippines or, or, or Malaysia. Um, but I think that over-focus on, on labor uh, arbitrage has um, been a mistake in, in many cases because it's not involving the company in looking at it in a sophisticated way at the whole equation. But that's, that's one, one issue. Um, I think a second issue has been an underestimation of the challenge of difference. So uh, setting up a factory in China or Malaysia or Turkey or Morocco is not the same as setting up a factory in the United States or setting up a factory in, in Germany. There are many, many uh, factors, uh, whether it's to do with uh, communication and language and culture and the legal um, uh, arrangements and the fiscal arrangements um, that are there locally. I think many um, manufacturing companies have underestimated those challenges. And I think the third one, has been an underappreciation of the challenges involved in the physical logistics of moving uh, materials and products back and forth across uh, the world and how the physicality uh, and the timing of that can add complexity and cost and take away, if you like, from the labor arbitrage. So when you put all of those things together and you look at them in a sophisticated and rounded strategic way, 
uh, and you come to a decision to um, to move overseas with, with with production and it still stands up, well then, good luck. Uh, but if you've um, if you've missed any of those three points, I think you could be in trouble. This episode is sponsored by International Expansion Explained. Are you looking to expand internationally, but you're not sure where to start? Or you export already, but would like to venture further overseas? Reach out to arrange an international clarity session and learn more about growth plans at katherineread.com. That is k-a-t-h-r-y-n-r-e-a-d.com. You wrote a book called International Supply Chain Relationships, Creating Competitive Advantage in a Globalized Economy. Who should read it? Uh, business owners and managers um, who are working at a, at a high level in manufacturing businesses, in distribution businesses, and in logistic services businesses would be uh, my target audience for, for the book. Um, so these are people who are looking for um, insights into uh, real life um, supply chain challenges. Uh, the book is full of anecdotes and experience from my whatever it is now, 30 years of experience working uh, internationally in different aspects of, of supply chain. So I think there might be something there for everybody. And we talk about culture, uh, we talk about language, uh, we talk about uh, logistics, we talk about warehousing. Um, so it's a broad view and a treatise on, on the world of, of supply chain, but a few little unexpected things in there, I think, as well. Let's look at the future now, Patrick. How do you see international supply chains changing in the next three, five years? What trends must not be overlooked? I think we look at it maybe through three types of business. So I think for those businesses that are in distribution, whether it's business-to-business distribution or business-to-consumer distribution, I think a huge trend is e-commerce and the configuring of their businesses to deal with e-commerce. Because a distribution center that has been working in a, in, a, in, a, in a business-to-business format, say, for example, supplying replenishment orders to high street stores, that same warehouse is now called on to fulfill e-commerce orders to end users. Everything changes. The physical configurations change, the technology requirements change, the number of people change, the skills change. So I think the the growth of e-commerce in in distribution is going to be a massive transformation uh, that's happening right now. Um, In manufacturing, I think uh, what we're going to see is the regionalization of supply chains that I referred to earlier. So we're seeing big manufacturing companies Um, looking to source uh, materials and supplies closer to the point of manufacturing. There's a move away from um, the long distance um, sourcing of at least the critical uh, materials and supplies that manufacturing plants need to to do what they do. So I think we're going to see movements of Um, sources of of supply within manufacturing, a lot of reconfiguration going on there. And I think in the world of logistics services, 
we're going to see uh, a deepening and a broadening of the relationships that logistics service providers have with their clients. So we're looking to do more for them, uh, to become more embedded within uh, their organizations, uh, to integrate more with them uh, digitally. And then I think across all three sectors, I think automation and digitalization are going to be on the rise right across those sectors. For example, at the moment, I'm working on a lot of projects in distribution and manufacturing that involve the automation of warehousing operations, which is a very strong trend right at this time. Patrick, you host Interlinks. This is a weekly radio program uh, from Dublin. Instead of me explaining what your show is about, can you share this with the audience? Sure. Um, Interlinks is a program uh, about international contacts, about uh, international business, supply chain, and connections. And it kind of uh, arose, if you like, from my international background and the pleasure I get from interacting with people from around the world who speak different languages and have different uh, cultures. And I think it's something that um, has always been part of, of what I do. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm good at it. So I said, why don't I um, uh, bring this uh, to all the people um, uh, who know me and all my clients. So uh, in the program, I interview uh, each week an expert in their field, but they must have some sort of uh, international element to their work. So sometimes they are uh, business people, um, sometimes they are entrepreneurs or, or managers in, in business, sometimes academics, uh, sometimes even diplomats. So we've had a few uh, ambassadors on there as well. Um, and the idea is to get their perspective on, uh, on business, uh, a little bit on, on, on politics and current affairs, to see what's, what's going on in the world that is um, uh, relevant to international business. And that is, that's the essence of Interlinks, which broadcasts on uh, Dublin South FM uh, online, but is also there on, on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast platforms also. I've got one final question I ask everyone who comes on the show. Please share with us one memorable moment from your international career, and that could be a successful, a funny, or even a terrible, let's say, catastrophic episode. Your pick. When I worked in Spain with a manufacturing company, we had um, a distributor uh, in, in Taiwan, and uh, he went by the name of, of Roger. Roger was his English name, Roger, Roger Khan. And um, Roger's English was okay. <laughs> so uh, one time, Roger and a couple of his colleagues came to visit with us in, in Spain, and I took them on, on a trip to see a couple of the factories we had uh, in Spain and also to see some, some sites. And uh, as I said, Roger's English was okay, but not, not, not brilliant. Um, and sometimes he would not understand uh, what I was saying, but he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't admit to not understanding. He wouldn't say, could you repeat that and so on. And I remember uh, one time we were um, in a, a motorway stop and a message came into me, a significant message about something that had happened in the business. And I knew it would be really of interest to him. And I said to him, Roger, this has happened. I explained it to him. And he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no, really, Roger, this is, this is actually what's happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, he hasn't understood me. So I 
took a piece of paper and I wrote it in two words. And I said, Roger, look at this. And when he saw it, he went, whoa, I can't believe it. So that, that was the only way I could make sure that he actually understood what I said, because he would never, he would never admit that he hadn't understood what I said to him. So Roger, if you're listening to this episode, we hope you enjoy it. He's out there somewhere. He's out there somewhere. Um, Patrick, before we go, after listening to this episode, who should connect with you? And tell us a little bit more about your current role. Okay, anybody who is interested in uh, developing and implementing uh business strategy, particularly in the world of manufacturing, uh, logistics, and supply chain. So people that are looking for a consultant who can work with them in a pragmatic, hands-on way to move things from uh, strategy formulation to strategy implementation, I'd be interested in hearing from them, Um, whether they be business owners or uh, high-level managers in businesses in the manufacturing distribution and logistic services sectors. Yeah, so today I run uh, my consultancy, which is called Alba uh, Consulting, which is a supply chain consultancy. And we work internationally with uh, businesses across uh, sectors, a lot in the the pharmaceutical uh, and food sector, but also in in technology, in engineering, in equipment and and so on. And we help those clients to uh, uh, implement uh, their strategies particularly through uh, operational excellence in logistics and supply chain. Um, So we have both um, a strategic capability and also uh, a tactical capability in terms of getting things done on the ground. So that is uh, the role I'm involved in. It's it's international. It's very interesting. It's fast moving and it changes uh, every day. I want to thank you for your insights. Thank you for joining us on the International Business Podcast. You're very welcome, Leo. It has been a pleasure for me to speak to you today. You can find the podcast on all the major platforms. Make sure to subscribe. Do not miss the weekly episodes. And are you an international professional? Connect with us on LinkedIn to come on the show. For now, cheers.